What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Matt Chernoff from 680 The Fans, Chuck and Chernoff Show here. And I want to say thanks for listening to today's episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast. You can find it on Apple, Spotify, and all your favorite podcast apps. Chase Thomas went to Parkview in North Georgia. He's a local Atlanta kid, and he won't let the Luca versus Trey thing go. He interned with us back in the day, and you'll always remember him. Anyway, definitely go check out ChaseThomasPodcast.com where you can find all of Chase's previous episodes, all of his articles, and do him a solid. Leave him a rating and review if you're an Apple Podcast listener. Reminder to listen to our show, Chuck and Chernoff, Monday through Friday, 3 to 7 on 680 The Fan, and subscribe to my podcast as well. Welcome to Atlanta, wherever you get your podcasts. Chase Thomas Podcast. The Chase Thomas Podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right. Welcome back to a Tuesday evening edition of the Chase Thomas Podcast. Brian Phillips of Pat Pulpit is here. Brian, good evening, sir. How are you? Chase, I am fantastic, man. Thanks for having me. How are you doing? I'm good. That was a very, very jovial fantastic. You're you're not where you were the last time we talked, which was April of last <laughs> year when you were coming back from the Masters, when things were normal. There was no Masters this year. I don't know if you knew this or not. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, like, you know, the world was, uh, it was a different, you know, it was a different place. Um, yeah. From heart, what was it? Hartfield Glen or what did you just Jackson, say? Hart, Hart, Hartwell what, what Jackson saying? airport. No. What? Try that. What is, one what, more time? What is it? Jackson airport. Hartwell Hartsfield Jackson. Jackson, sir. Hartsfield Jackson. Great airport. How dare you? Too long of a name. You got it. You got to, you've got to trim that name down and you got to get it a little more flowing off the tongue. Okay. Cause it's it's not representative of the fantastic infrastructure they got going on there. There you go. I I like how you're saving that because that was a a little rude. (laughs) A little rude. What you just did there. Um, The 283 was enough. You don't have to just disparage our our airport. (laughs) That was. Yeah, but um, yeah, it's, yeah, life is a, a little different than the last time we spoke. That's uh, that's for damn sure. Are you gonna go this fall? Cause what what are they redoing it? Isn't it coming back? They're doing the Masters in what October, November? Which one? November. I mean, man, I wish I was going back. Uh, that was like a uh, definitely a bucket list thing. A buddy okay. of mine, okay. buddy of mine had some had some deep pockets, and he was. Uh, served one too many beverages at a charity auction and <laughs> next thing i know i'm getting i'm getting a text message like hey we're going you're throwing me some money we're going like, okay and there yeah. you have it folks and then we, drinking there you um, go it, it served its purpose <laughs> sometimes yes uh, on occasion on occasion on occasion well the patriots are interesting brian and they're in an interesting spot <laughs> um a lot of people are talking <sighs> about tom brady in the bucks uniform today that uh, he got released in. Um, how did? Well, I, you know what? I, I should just ask you. When you first saw Tom Brady in an actual, real life Tampa Bay Buccaneers uniform, did you think Michael Jordan, the Wizard uniform, or what? What was going through your mind when you actually saw the greatest quarterback in your lifetime and also the Patriots' history doning 
another uniform. What was your first thought? Man, um, my first thought was the man, the man needed, needed some chapstick. He looked a little dry. Uh, on, on, he needed some blistex or something. Um, maybe it was just the lighting and that, you know, that intense filter they put on that, that close up of the face and the face mask. But he, the man was a little dry. Mm. And uh, so, you know. You've already moved on. <laughs> I've, I've comp- I'm compartmentalized. Um, plus, I, you know, I'm the kind of person that I like. If you're a basic Photoshop, you know, if you if you're if you have a basic Photoshop skill set, you'll convince me. I'm pretty like I'm, I'll know it's Photoshop, but I'll be like, ah, I can live with this. this, is, this is pretty, so all the all the the Photoshops that people are ripping on, you know, when we you know, when there were rumors and everything flying around, it's like, yeah, that that's pretty that's pretty terrifying. That's pretty terrifying, and that's pretty terrifying. Uh, so so to see it today kind of you know i was already conditioned for it and again my emotions won't probably boil over well until the uh the actual regular season you know if we of course have a regular season well you already have your andrew luck as we all know that uh, jared sidham has been the crown jewel of the uh the post andrew luck world and there's one thing we've learned with peyton moving on and the colts just plugging in andrew luck like it's no big deal we should see no difference in the Patriots plugging in Jared Stidham <laughs> from Tom Brady. Is that correct? Do I have it right? Right. The, right, the same pedigree. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Um, well, he was the number one quarterback. So, and I watched a lot of Stidham in college. I've watched a lot of Jared Stidham in my life. Jared Stidham, his story from Texas, like he was oh, yeah. a prime prospect. So I think people mischaracterize what Stidham was because it is funny to make the jokes about Andrew Luck. But Stidham at Baylor and that first year at Auburn was a top tier quarterback. Like it, it's a different, oh, yeah. it's a different story. It is a different story. I'm not saying he's going to be Andrew Luck, but I am saying that he was literally the highest touted quarterback in his class. Oh, it, there's no doubt. Like you can, you can absolutely see the polish. Um, my problem is the over the, with the Patriots fan base, it's been 20 years of not having to have this conversation. So so I, I watch people that I correspond with on a pretty regular basis, you know, fall into this mode that so many other franchises fall into year after year when they're chasing after young quarterbacks because they're such a it's such a rare commodity to find a quarterback. Not even not even talking you know as late as they drafted Jared Stidham, just to find a quarterback in general um, that you can rally you know and build your roster around. It's such a rare thing that every fan base every offseason thinks they've got their guy um, or they're tanking for their guy. And to see people put all of the puzzle pieces together, like, uh, you know, as, as if we're building some narrative that Bill Belichick, you know, knew it all along um, is uh, it's just driving me nuts. And uh, because we really don't know a thing about Jared Stidham to this point yet. So what, what is your best estimation? Like what are we going to see? That is the biggest difference from going from what Tom Brady was in 2019 to what you think the offense is going to be with Josh McDaniels running things with Belichick and like what their game plan is for Stidham. Like what, what is going to be apparently different from 2019 to 2020? So what, what, what terrifies me is watching how conservative they got last year with Tom Brady uh, and they had, of course, they had personnel issues, you know, with, with they had injuries uh, and things like that. Um, 
sure, every team goes through them, but they got so conservative last year for, for them. Um, and it was ultimately what ended up, you know, leading to a, a you know, a, a divisional round exit. Um, or excuse me. Yeah. The, uh, the wild card round exit. Um, so moving forward into this year with Jared Stidham, I think the natural inclination is to assume that they're going to go to the same, you know, uh, we're seeing it all over the fan base right now. Oh, let's bring 2001 back. And, and it, it makes me dizzy chase just thinking about, you know, first and 10, first, first and 10 I formation, trying to make 12 personnel work with, with two rookie tight ends and Sony Michelle, uh, who is, who's banged up. We don't even know if he's going to, uh, I mean, it works against the chiefs in the championship game. That's what you were doing <laughs> to, well, that's what you did against the charges. what you did against the chiefs in the AFC title game. Like that was, what was so boring. about what? the Patriots just a year and a half ago was doing that same. Well, thing one would Bowl. think, right. One would think, but they were the, they were the fourth best passing offense in the league that year yeah. based on DBOA. And whenever they needed a big play, the passing game was there. They still had Rob Gronkowski. Yeah. Uh, he was a fairly decent player. Well, Nikhil Harry's um, been great, and, right? Oh, man. It's, uh, we've got, we've got, he's got some work mm. to do. Um, he's got some, but, you know, look through that, through that. I like him. <laughs> oh, man. That hurts. I don't that care. I, I'm going to be a little bit mean about man, everything. I'm, like, I'm I the same the way. I, stuff in me, Brian. I, I get to do yeah. a little bit of Patriots poking, I think, on the spot. I think it's fair, right? Oh, for sure. Well, I mean, when you see all the guys that have been drafted, you know, the, all all the guys that were, I mean, A.J. Brown was right there. He's right there. Just Aaron take A.J. Brown. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, you know what the worst one, the worst one is, is the Tompkins? 2017 draft. Campbell Thompson? No, the, no. The, 27, the 2017 draft when they take, uh, I think it's like 80, 84th, overall or somewhere around there they take Derek rivers and then a pick I remember him goes and, and then a pick goes to uh to tampa bay mm-hmm. and then they have the next pick and they take antonio garcia to tackle out of troy that pick in between right there in between those two players that uh garcia is out of the pretty much out of the league Derek rivers been on ir for two full seasons and never really contributed uh chris godwin right mm. there in the middle of those two guys. So that, that so one, how does that, that one, I'm still... so hold on. Chris Godwin, how does that relate to the Patriots? Oh, we're coming full circle here. That that's who Tom Brady's throwing to this year, right? Yes. And he's Absolutely. also throwing to, let me check my notes here. Rob Gronkowski and, um, Mike <laughs> oh, Evans. God, I, for, I, I forgot that Gronk came back for a second chase, but for just for a second there, I forgot that Rob Gronkowski came back and, and he's going to be playing football this year. Again, with the caveat that we're, we're playing football. He also is coming um, back because he, uh, Tom Brady got a, a, a torch or a horn. What do, what do we call that? A, a, uh, a Gronk horn. What was that? He called, he summoned. It's, uh, it's one of those, she, it's a, it's a shell, isn't it? Shell. It's one of those it conch shell? shells. Okay. Yeah. It's like a conch. Mm, that's what it is. Conk. A conk. The Gronk Conk. Mm. <laughs> and we're off the rails. <laughs> no, these are all important things because that yeah. was like a really underrated part of this whole offseason was that Tom Brady actually summoned Rob Gronkowski back to the NFL because he was a champion in WAE. Like that was uh, something he had to yeah. walk away from. The 24-7 title. Now, so I'm not a big I'm not big into the WWE scene, but do, I, I read I heard somewhere that 
but he had the belt and what somebody came into his backyard and, and, and rolled took him it up. away yeah, from him. Our truth. That's how that works. Uh, for that, you got to be on your. You got to be like on guard. That's a joke title. The twenty four seven is a strictly joke thing. Okay. So you don't have to constantly be on guard if you are the holder of no, the you, ha- you do, championship you do. belt. But that's part of the joke is that you constantly have to be on guard. Right. <laughs> that's awesome. Though. I, I, I wish I, I kind of Bill Belichick would like love that. it if I explained it to him. He would be like, "Oh, I'm in. What can I do to watch WWE every single week?" Like that would be his his go to. Bill Belichick would dominate WWE. <laughs> And everybody would everybody would be like, "Are you kidding me? Like, um, this is boring. Like, come on." Did you um, watch the Belichick Saban documentary? I did. It was I good. I did watch that. It's pretty good. Uh, you know, it's like I, I like the. Uh, I just like watching that, those guys, like when they, you know, when the cameras were supposed to be turned off or whatever. However, they and they go right in the ball. Hey, haven't seen you in a couple of years, but we're you know, and we're longtime friends. We've known each other for decades and decades and decades, but. Hey, I saw that stuff you guys are running. Uh, you know, boom, boom, right in the ball, like, like the, just a snap of a finger. And, and and yeah, check this out, Bill. I mean, this is what we're trying to do with these kids nowadays. You know, boom, right into football. It's it's hilarious. I mean, it's all these guys know and do. So like when we when we criticize them outside of the game, it's like, well, what do you expect? These guys are like robots, you know. The thing about that, like when I was taking notes watching that doc a couple weeks back, I was like. I was not expecting to come out of it going, I think Saban's more important than Belichick. And that was like Ooh. my thought coming out of it where as I'm watching it and like when Saban beat Belichick and like certain things that he got from Belichick and what Belichick would go to him. And like Belichick was way more excited to talk to Saban and pick his brain than Saban was to pick Belichick's brain. I don't know if that was the intent, but like it I seems wonder like Saban, Saban was the master. always looks fed up. He he just always looks fed up. Like, right? Hey, I love you, Bill, but like, I'm kind of fed up with this crap right now, man. Come on, like, you know, like more cameras, really? We got to do the cameras right now, guys. But I think that's a you joke. Like Saban, I think really does deep down like it because I think Saban's going to be the next like great former coach turned commentator. Like him replacing Corso in Game Day would not surprise me. Um, Saban, I think is a lot more down to earth and more open to those kind of conversations that people like to believe. Um, I did like his wife roasting them when uh, the whole like bringing Belichick over and all that kind of stuff. Like, I don't know. I think right. Saban is the alpha in their friendship. That's what I took from it. Like that's something I wrote I down where I'm take. like, I think Saban's I love, the dominant. I, I, I love the hell out of that take. I, oh <laughs> man. I, sub Subscribe right there boom i'm all i'm all in on that one i would just encourage I like you to it. watch no, that it, doc you, i got the same me I, that saban's I, I not the, the dominant tell me watching that doc that saban is not the dominant because belichick looks at saban's office and like his basically his, his palace in tuscaloosa and he's like i want this like i think belichick is like you know coaching a bunch of professional athletes is not as cool as being like the czar of a university like i think he's jealous in a little bit a little bit I think I think the only thing we need we need like a sequel we need it reversed that way we're not we're not like 
falling into some kind of like psycho like psychology experiment where mm. like just because one guy's on one side of the desk and one the other guy's on the other side so it's yeah. like he's the submissive guy coming into the other guy's office right and like you automatically shut that you know some psychology thing there yeah. so i'd need the other way around but i'm well on board i'm a well on my way to subscribing and, and just pounding that su- subscribe button that blue subscribe button means absolutely phone. because if you get drew Brees in miami and we get Saban and drew do you even have your dynasty? Does Drew Brees and Nick Saban <laughs> upend the New England dynasty? Who knows? And how? And 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 what does that mean for Ricky Williams? <laughs> what does it mean for Dante Culpepper? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. this A lot of great what ifs. Um, something that I wanted to ask you about with Tom Brady because there have been a lot okay. of different takes and. I am, I'll just, I can't believe I'm going to give you this bone. I'm more dubious of what happens with Brady and Tampa Bay this fall. I am. I'm concerned about the offensive line. Like, you're not going to have Dante Sarnikia running things. You're not going to have the, the offensive line with Mason and friends and Andrews and Isaiah Wynn and just all these different linemen that Brady has uh, had the benefit of playing behind. He is going yeah. to be a behind an offensive line. That is not as good. And we'll see. They drafted an offensive lineman in the first round. Uh, Tristan Wurst from Iowa. We'll see. But guess what? Rookie offensive linemen don't play well. I can go ahead and tell you the right side of the Falcons offensive line was not fixed by adding Lindstrom and uh, McGarry this this past year. Uh, it's because it Who was time. better of the two? Um, it's, 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 I don't think that's fair because like playing guard versus playing tackle is just so different where like even if you play well for a guard it's like yeah but you're not playing well like it's just they're different levels so if it was two offensive tackles i would give you an answer but because they're two very different positions i don't know how i would do that i'd have to think about it um but they both sucked there you go um and also not healthy (laughs) and uh i don't know we'll we'll see what it looks like this fall um I am dubious because I I want to see what it looks like. I want to see what Brady does when he has less time. I want to see what Brady does when he's thinking about Mike Evans, 17 yards downfield. Does he hold it? What does Brady do in a difficult NFC South? Because guess what? They're not the favorites. The Saints are like every year. Brady's been the favorite in his division. And guess what? The New Orleans Saints are a better team. They're better offense, a better defense, a better well coached. Like, Everything about the Saints is better than the Bucks, and also you're the Bucks. Uh, yeah. They've been to be really <laughs> like tough. Brady. Right, you're the Bucks. Yeah, you are the Bucks. Like he picked a team where it's like he is taking a huge risk because of what this organization is, because of what they've been. I am concerned, and I think people who are just penciling them in as like a just a Super Bowl favorite, where it's just like one of the best offenses in football and everything else. I'm like, no, I'm actually going the other way. Like I would love to be wrong about this. But I'm going to bet against him because I'm going to bet again. Like I'm betting basically on the NFC, where I think the NFC is so much more difficult than the AFC. Like Brady going the NFC was stupid in my opinion. Like it will still be something that I'm just like, nope. I think Manning went to the Broncos and didn't really consider the Niners and teams like that because he knew if he stayed in the division or he stayed in the conference, he had a better chance of making the Super Bowl. Because there have only been three guys who are going to the Super Bowl in the AFC. We got Roethlisberger, Manning, and Brady. He knew that. Like, right, you will yeah, not exactly. sell me on Manning not knowing that the AFC is an easier path to Super Bowl than the NFC. Brady's like, no, screw it. I'm going to go join Drew Brees and Sean Payton's division. And the Falcons, like, they're not going to be bad. Like, if Matt Ryan plays 16 games, the Falcons are not going to be bad. They're, like, worst case scenario is 7-9, that kind of thing. Um, right. 
Rodgers is still there. The NFC North is just stacked. You look at the NFC West, stacked. Like, it's going to be a bloodbath for him to just make the playoffs. So well, I, here, here's my yeah. take on it. When you look at, like, the NFC North, I think, I think those teams, that's going to be one of those divisions that just cannibalizes itself, right? Like, you the know, they'll, 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 they'll probably, right. So you're looking at a whole bunch of nine and seven, 10 and six teams, eight and eight teams, right? right. So, I mean, you're just, you've got to get yourself into that mix, right? I, I don't see them. I think we both see the Saints winning this division and they're the, the Bucks need, if, if they have any chance of, of doing this Super Bowl run that everybody uh, would be obviously really excited about. Um, it would have to be from the wild card spot and just get to, but I, I think they definitely have the capability to get themselves into that eight and eight, nine and seven mix, but you're right. A lot of things have to come together and very quickly and you have to stave off. It's funny that we're talking about having to stave off defensive regression for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because they were you know, somewhat good last year. Yeah. They weren't Patriots um, good. They weren't the best defense in football. Correct. Correct. They were not. Uh, and then they didn't do a ton, right, on the defensive side. I mean, they, they didn't add to that secondary much. They, they like um, Murphy Bunting. They like Carlton Davis. They like Jamal Dean. Um, they, like these are, that's their core in the secondary, right? Um, but, like, still not a ton going on. I know they what they uh, they drafted Winfield uh, Jr. out of uh, Minnesota, right? Um to go along with oh, uh, whoever else. Or not back. Gilmore. Um, Winfield. Yes. Yeah. Um, Antoine. So, I mean, like, you know, and you've got, you know, Shaq Barrett is not going to be that again. I can't imagine that that happens again. Um, so, I mean, you're going to expect some regression on the defensive side of the ball, and that offense has got to absolutely kill it. And you're asking a lot of, like I said, a lot of pieces to come together really quickly and meld and mesh really quickly. And in this environment right now, Whew, that is a lot to ask for. It is. Ooh, I, for, I forgot they signed in Dominican Sue. Yeah, but like, sure. I don't to think... go along to go alongside Vita Vea. That's a, that's pretty nasty. If they both play, like, how many games does Vita Vea play in twenty twenty? Does he get sixteen? I I have my doubts. That's a big man. He is. Um, but it's just not going to be as dominant. As the Pats defense, like the Pats had the best secondary in football last year. Like just having Gilmore and Jackson oh, yeah. back there, like it's just different. My whole thing is that like Brady wasn't even good, and he still just had just this juggernaut behind him to keep there. Like from your estimation, like how much did Brady and that offense benefit from having Gilmore and Jackson and that just dominant secondary in the back in just the back seven last year? Like what what changed? Well, I mean. For them? So like my my take on it was like it kind of by the end of the year it kind of neutered them and 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 it helped it it it, it wasn't helped by the fact that Mohamed Sanu's high ankle sprain hampered him the entire time down the stretch which doesn't count for his drops but whatever um, and then you know just just nobody creating separation uh, it what it did was it, Bill just straight up went straight he went completely early two thousands Bill and said, you know what, that's fine. We're going to win this with our defense, as if the defense is going to consistently put points on the board. Like, I mean, they literally did that in the first quarter of the season, and, you know, putting up defensive touchdowns like crazy. Um, 
obviously you can't count on that. But I mean, no. we saw the way how conservative they were in that playoff loss to the Titans at home, punting with six minutes left, and <laughs> you know, it's just it it just it made me want to rip my hair out uh, watching them all year long in tech in Tennessee, or excuse me, in Houston, they were down by you know seventeen points and with eight minutes left, and they they're taking forever to run this touchdown drive. Uh, and then they, they get a stop and they get the ball back. They go down quickly and they score again. And then I believe Houston gets the ball again and scores. But like if they didn't take six minutes off the, off the clock in the fourth quarter, because they were just wait, you know, trying to get to next week, then they, they, they have a chance to win that football game. And then you, you get a buy or, you know, punting before the end of the half against Miami in week 17, that the game that you lose at home to lose a first round buy. You take points. You take the opportunity four points off the board by 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 just taking the knee and going in, into the half uh, against the Miami Dolphins, and you end up losing that game. So, like these conservative decisions haunted them the entire season because they they constantly told themselves, "Hey, we're going to be fine. We have this defense." And eventually, Miami and Ryan Fitzpatrick got to that defense in the fourth quarter last year. You know, Ryan Tannehill completed a couple of timely passes on top of Derrick Henry running all over them, which again, didn't really matter. The passing is what mattered. It, it's what happens. It's how, you know, playing defense in this league is impossible now. Like it, it catches up with you eventually. And if you're being conservative on offense, like they were last year, it, 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 you know, you're just asking to, to, to lose a coin flip every week. Why was Brady so bad in Miami? Uh, in week two against Miami in general, like, why does he have a losing record? Like what happens in Miami? Like what? I was going to say like last year he had Antonio Brown. Everything was great last year. Uh, for that one, we're talking about his entire career in New England. Yeah. Why does he have a losing record in Miami? Man, it, it's like the Bermuda, it's like the Bermuda triangle type Mm. of deal. You know, there are a lot of different theories. Um, what is your theory? I blame, I, I literally blame the Bermuda Triangle. It's too okay. close in proximity. As you know, very um, close to the <laughs> Miami yeah, uh, really, Hard Rock yeah, very, Hard Rock Stadium. Yeah, Bermuda It Triangle. touches the ocean, so it's all the same. Mm-hmm. Um, Not Ted Ginn's fault. Man, it's always, uh, everybody always, you know, oh, it's the heat, the humidity. Yeah. I mean, that's... I don't get that. It, that doesn't make sense, no. right? Like, oh, they're tired. You can see it's really taking a toll on their legs. Where is the data that backs any of this? I up? also don't believe a that, Belichick coach team would suffer from those kinds of issues. Like, I don't think that's a right. Thing. Yeah, they're like the best. They're in the best shape of any exactly. team. You know? like when you watch that, you're like, I don't think being in shape is their issue there. I don't. Right, like, like Stephen. Like, are you telling me Stephen really fumbled twice because he's out of shape? <laughs> I literally saw him in training camp. He was like along with everybody else, he died after practice yeah. when they ran their hills. Like they, they literally run up and down a hill for an hour. Hmm. So, you know, it's Sounds like, fun. Uh, man, it's so it's, 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 it's weird. It's weird. It's, been, it's the, it's some kind of Bermuda triangle, <laughs> Ryan Fitzpatrick energy that I, I just don't, I'll never understand it. I'll never understand it. Hmm. I would love to get a real honest answer from Bill Belichick on this. I would love to be able to like just pull him aside and be like, Bill, five minutes. Explain to me what happens in Miami. I just want to know. How do you like how does this happen? What what's what going on there? Yeah. Um if you had to describe oh, oh 
if you had Ooh. to describe what kind of quarterback Tom Brady was in 2019, how would you do it? A quarterback you could win a Super Bowl with. Okay. But, it, especially with the defense they had. A lot of caveats here, I can already tell. Mm-hmm. A lot of caveats, but like it's it's the lower end of, a quarter, of, of the quarterback spectrum. It's, it's like the... The court, the cross section of quarterbacks in the NFL, like there's a spectrum of, of guys you can win a Super Bowl with, right? And whereas like the, the complete outliers are, you know, your Dilfers and whatever. Um, he's not down there, but he's in that. He's he's above the Flacco range, you know, Super Bowl winning Flacco. He's above that. He was above that last year, uh, but not much higher. But he's not. That's where I would put like, like that Flacco. Man, he he could he she was chucking it last year. Like he was the the I will I will subscribe to the he felt more pressure than he ever has last year. He got rid of the ball too quickly last year and killed too many plays. He force fed Julian too much. He was not good at getting the young receivers uh, going, um, and he made some bad decisions uh, that cost him drives. But the one thing I will never subscribe to is the arm strength thing, the guy and the, and, and the accuracy downfield, the guy there's, there's stats out there. Like his 20 plus yard passing is like, you know, pretty, I think he was one of the, one of the top four or five 20 plus yard passes. I don't know if it was like uh, CPOE or what there's so many damn stats out there now. Um, but you can see it on tape. There was a lot of, he threw a lot of really good footballs last year downfield. Unfortunately, you've got the likes of undrafted, guys like Jacoby Myers and, and, and Julian Edelman is your downfield threat. And Phil Dorsett uh, is playing the X and Josh Gordon wasn't good last year. And like, he was so, so bad that he just had to be caught. Uh, you know, it, that's just how, how it went. Uh, but it's, it's not for a lack of trying on Bill's part. He tried to give him all the weapons he could, but uh, they just, they drafted a guy who got hurt in preseason and never really got the chance to develop. And then, Antonio Brown was Antonio Brown. Yeah, so. Let's say Antonio Brown doesn't go full Antonio Brown. Oh, see, this is... Oh. Brady is still here if Antonio Brown is in New England. I think he is. Probably, yeah. Isn't that Probably. weird I mean, to think they, about? Like, we I, don't I think they win anymore. The, the, we moved on because Antonio Brown's right, had 19 different titles right. since then. But like... I think based on everything it seems like between those two <laughs> where they were like a package deal reportedly we just moved past that in the news cycle where we just moved past everything really quickly but like that was the thing is that Antonio Brown and Brady are close it would right. not surprise me at all if that like, if you Antonio remember the Brown first picture that came out of them like the picture of yeah. him over at Tom's house with like his little mustache and he's just like Tom's got his arm around and they're like hey guys what's going on hey it's like weird. It, like it's just like it was kind of wholesome for a second there. Can it be wholesome? <laughs> that, that no, wholesome. no, no, it can't be. But yeah. we, you know, for a, for a very small second in time. But if you go back and like I I have done it a couple times uh, this off season actually, it's a little guilty pleasure oh, yeah. of mine. I go back and I just watch that first that first half and against like Miami. right off the bat. Yeah, right against Miami in week two, they come out and and it's it's a b a b a b right down the field. And then he throws a like 28 yard strike or something like that uh, on the back shoulder from the slot. And just like, you're like, Oh my God, this is, this is, this is, per- this is perfect. This is, this is absolutely you, perfect. They win, tell I, me that they win the Super Bowl last year. If Antonio Brown never leaves the Pats. 
that was the next sentence out of my mouth. They win the Super Bowl. They win the Super Bowl. And then I wonder who they draft with that second round pick that they saved. But that was my whole thing about the yeah. Kill Harry pick. I'm like, how many more of these do you have to do? Like, how many Aaron Dobsons and Chad Jacksons do you need in your life? Before you're like, maybe just sign them. Maybe just go sign my... Uh, my receivers. Maybe don't do this. Maybe don't waste. Or maybe time. maybe just draft McCole Hardman. Maybe just draft. No. You know. Uh, or just just go out, just draft the KJ Hamler. Draft somebody that can run with football fast. You know that's that's what we need. They well, they need Cordell Parrott. <laughs> our fullback at one point. Um. You know, like they they don't have anybody that that no, stresses they, what they should have done is just on Diggs. What they should have done is just gone after Diggs. Now, now you're on my block. That is what they should now, have done. If Belichick was yeah. smart, and this was something I, I thought about at the time, where I'm like, that's all it took, and it, you let him go to a rival. Like, no, that's that was your Moss play. Was you go after Diggs, and you're like, hey, I'm gonna <laughs> lose Brady. Guess what? No, I'm not. I'm going to trade for Diggs, and Brady's gonna stay. That would have been my play. But see now. Now, see, here's but here's the problem of the the swirling problem of that looming salary cap issue, and that's why that's why where we're at this off season and talking about Jared Stidham and me trying to curb the Patriots fans' expectations of where we're at with him, uh, because everything that's gone on this off season has been a product of the salary cap strain that they're under right now, and and that's even without signing Tom Brady. Okay, so um, obviously, with his that's going on with him right now. So you've got the thirteen and a half million of dead cap from Tom. You've got Joe Tooney on a franchise tag, fourteen million and change. They've got they don't uh, for a little bit there uh, after they drafted Kyle Duggar with their first pick in the second round. Um, they didn't have enough money to sign him. <laughs> like they, they had like, like hundreds of thousands of dollars in cap space is all they had available. Um, and it's just over time, this is what happens. You know, you have a lot of guys uh, that you have developed and are getting deals and they have a lot of dead money from, like I said, Tom, they've got the grievance uh, from the Antonio Brown signing bonus that they gave him really fast out of desperation. Kind of Um, they will probably get some of that money back next year if they win the grievance, but it wouldn't be till next year. Um, They've got a couple of those kind of situations going on. They've got a ton of dead money. What's that? Could they resign him? <laughs> um, they could. Technically, they could. Yes. Uh, well, I think they'd have to probably talk to Roger first. Um, mm. is he, isn't he? Isn't an indefinite kind of deal with him right now? I mean, I think he did. Also, he's getting suspended no guilty. matter what. Like, if he gets signed right. with somebody, I think he's getting suspended. But if Belichick, and he's also he's also a bad dude. So, like, I'm not yeah. advocating. He's, he's a bad. He's a bad. He's a bad dude, and. You know, that is what it is. But at this point, at, at this point, like, I'm just, just run with what you got and, and give Stidham this one year. But, but here's my, my point is everybody's been looking at the Stidham thing with these rose colored glasses and retroactively, you know, this, this retroactive. Yes. It's retroactive. So continuity. They're not, going back. Not America. Cause we're not all looking through it in uh rose colored glasses. There, I mean, I'm seeing, I'm seeing, I'm, I, I mean this in the sense of, well, he's the guy that they they're going with moving forward as as if to say like he's on more than like a maybe one year leash uh, 
first of all, he hasn't secured the starting spot. Uh, he probably will be the he's, starter. He's right there. <laughs> Sparty. Um, Actually, two Sparties. What is this? I'm Brian two, Hoyer? Uh, yeah. Brian Lurkin? Yeah, two Sparties. Give me some Jamar Smith, though. Uh, undrafted guy out of, I believe, La Tech. Yeah, Jamar Smith. Um, there you go. What a QB room. Let's have some fun. Yeah, Get Will let's Hastings have some fun in there in the Wildcat. But see, everybody, everybody's uh, going back to. Uh, there was a couple of rumors around the combine where it was, um, ooh, Jared Stidham. They, they rumor is that Bill likes him just as much as they he liked Jimmy Garoppolo. Mm. Uh, you know, all this, all this kind of stuff, and oh, look at the kind of run he got last preseason. Like he, that's what they do every preseason. Like they, that they, also they play. Surprising, Jer- Jimmy Garoppolo is not like a top ten, top fifteen quarterback. Like I like Jimmy G, but like that's a Kyle Shanahan development where. Like he, Jimmy Garoppolo right. has gotten the Godfather type deal in the NFL, going from Belichick to Kyle Shanahan. That's just oh, beautiful. Like that's insane. Like right, every, and you know, good, good, good for you, Jimmy. That. Like that's that's oh, it's perfect. You know, good, but good, good for you. Good on you, man. Like that's it couldn't happen to a nicer guy. But you know, he's, he's gonna probably get paid. A overrated. He's got his porn stars. Well, you know, be okay. But like, yeah, he, <laughs> he's doing all right. He throwing throws, a George Kittle and Debo Samuel, another. But guy he only throws in the middle of the field. Like that's his thing. Like he doesn't try stuff on the side. Like he he was bad in the Super Bowl. Like he's he's very close to Kirk Cousins. Like he's in that Kirk Cousins zone, which is not a right that's, negative. Like he's, that's fair. He's not a top now, guy. So, like, if we are talking about, like, you know, really quickly going back to your question about, like, where was Tom last year? He's above that Kirk Cousins zone. But, again, not that much farther above Kirk Cousins. Not that not that much farther. You know, and he didn't have the help, sure, but there was a lot of problems last year. But with are Stidham... You, are you nervous it's just, with Bill without Tom? I'm, I'm always, uh, I've been of the, the ilk that this has been a Tom generated thing. Like, like Uh-oh. more credit needs to go to Tom. <laughs> like, that's how I've always been with it. Like players are players. Like, like coaches literally don't, they, they don't do anything except just, you know, it, it's talent. It's the talent over scheme debate, right? Like, so you're it with doesn't matter if you have uh, Belichick take. Yeah. But it, you know, uh, uh, this is gonna you know gonna Patriots come fans off are like listen to this, Brian. Right, you're. I'm gonna like end up like getting like reported or yeah, something. Yeah, I'm not deleting um, any of this. Like you've just no, nah, but this, you've, you've committed man, all kinds my of Patriots sins. Well, I'm on record saying that they're gonna be six and ten this year, and Ooh, and I'm okay. I've, I've that's been worst case scenario. Because like you either want them taking, to just flame out altogether and be like what PFF thinks, where they could be like two and fourteen, and they secretly want Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence, and they're just planning on just being god awful but six and ten you're not getting any of them like that's worst case scenario you're like right there in the middle so i think like the worst like ultra terrible worst case scenario if they have a bunch of bad injury luck and and everything is a complete disaster this year i think it's a four and twelve but Mm. i think it's six and ten and i think eight and eight is a ceiling and eight and eight is your over under right now i believe on them and a lot of people in new england media are don't you know don't count out Bill yet. Well, you shouldn't. Like we have to see it. We've never seen this before. We have no idea. But right. But also, he's a coach and Mm. not a player. And like that's my thing. Like you, you don't have Tom Brady anymore. Everybody. Like Tom Brady isn't here anymore. It's not. 
It's not just, oh, Bill will be Bill. And you know what? If I eat those words, totally fine with it. That's totally cool. But there's nothing. (laughs) There's absolutely no evidence that shows that this team is going to be good. Also, just like the idea that they're going to go three for three on quarterbacks. So they're going to go from Bledsoe to Brady to Sidham and just have three Hall of Fame quarterbacks back to back to back to back. Like going from just the greatest quarterback of all time to another star is insane. Like the, the Packers got lucky right. going from what they did and the Colts got lucky going from Manning to luck. I just, I'm always going to Montana, Montana young. Yeah. Like I'm always going to err on the side of like, probably not, but you know, maybe, right. but I'm not going to bet on it. Like I'm not going to bet on you replacing the best quarterback of all time with another franchise guy. Like, I think that's pretty unlikely, but Stidham is an easily likable person. Like I think, the people who are pushing Cam there, I never really agreed with. Where it's like, oh, how can you not sign Cam if you're the Pats? I'm like, ah, he's just not a, he's not a fit there. And I don't think that's what the Pats want. And I think, well, the, trust uh, me, he's not a fit with his fan base. I'll tell you that. Well, um, just like I love Cam. Like I, I just don't I think love that's him. the right I'm a, I'm spot a Cam for him. Fanatic. The Chargers are a right. more interesting fit for him. Like they're just different teams. Like you know what the Panthers who said they loved him in February, like that, that's a fit. Um. <laughs> no, I just I don't I don't want to I never wanted to see him there and I just didn't want to deal with that. But and the cap space wasn't going to work. No, I mean, they just they, they didn't have it. They didn't have the money all off season. They just they just been battling that and and so I, and that's another thing. Like people say, well, look, if they pass on all the quarterbacks, well, when you're drafting twenty third, you don't you know you don't have a say in what you, right. what you're doing. You know you don't have the capital to move up. Well, you could have traded Derek on, Carr. Like they, they could have traded exactly, but. Well, they didn't have the cat space, but, <laughs> um, but you know, like they passed on Jordan love. That doesn't tell you that, that Stidham's their quarterback of the future. And, and me and my buddy, Ryan Kieran at, at the site, uh, we were talking, um, a couple, God, probably a couple months ago now about what like Jared Stidham, like if the ultimate success story happens, like what is his ceiling? And my my final answer on that is, um, like an 80% Tony Romo. Oh God! Which is still, and I'm, I mean, I'm Tony, Romo, Tony Romo. If he plays like twelve years, what he is for the Cowboys, he's a Hall of Famer, right? And so I yeah, think you have a like, Hall of Famer. Like if you get Tony Romo even close to him, you get. But also, right. I don't think like eighty percent. He's not so his, like four, four fifths. He's not as reckless. Like Stidham is not like Romo was more of a risk taker. I don't think Out Stidham has that yeah. in him. Um, I think there's more than than you probably think. I think Stidham's I think like is. he's going for seventy percent completion percentages. Like I think Stidham's going more Derek Carr, if I had to guess. Oh, so wait, hold on. So to go all the way back to like probably like your first question, like what is the offense for Stidham going forward? Like, and and I told you I'm terrified of what I think it's going to be. If I'm designing the offense for him. I'm doing a ton of the same stuff that Josh does, a ton of, a ton of their same route concepts and a ton of the um, just the same amount of like an, like an inappropriate amount of play action. Yeah. And just let the kid, let the kid rip it. Man. James White's going to get 12 is, targets tonight. <laughs> yeah. Yes. This is what I'm talking Well, he's our best offensive weapon. So yeah. that's where we're going uh, with the football, but you know, like get the young tight ends involved, Devin Asiasi and, and um, Doyle. The Doyle kid. Oh, not Jack Doyle. Um, not Jack Doyle. Let me look it's, at 
Doyle? Yeah. Do you have Brian. a Doyle? I'm losing my mind. You don't the have kid a Doyle. out of I'm looking at your depth chart right now. You have Dalton Keene. Dalton Keene. Doyle. Doyle Keene. Like the the too many vowels in your Dalton last name. Dalton Keene, you mean, sir? Dalton Doyle. Keen. Giving yourself Jake Doyle. Hartwell Hartwell Jensen Airport. Mm, Rashad um, Barry. <laughs> Ryan Izzo, who I swear to God has been a Patriot for 35 years. Ryan Izzo, you had an Izzo before him, didn't you? Linebacker? Larry. Yeah, Larry Izzo. He's a special team. It's his son. Uh, Would you believe it? He was a a special teams uh, ace. Mm. Pro bowler. Now I'm Um, nervous. I'm going to look at this roster. I'm going to see like Lawrence Maroney Jr. somewhere. You're going to see, you're going to see the best special teams unit out like as far as like coverage units uh, in the league with Matt Slater and Justin Bethel. So we're looking up, you know, I mean, things no, are looking great. Not Guskowski. Like he's gone. No Vinatieri, no Guskowski. We have to deal with no, this. They went Jake in a pretty Bailey. interesting direction at kicker. Or is it Justin Rawhauser? Yes. The kicker yet. that you just had to draft. You had to spend a draft pick on a kicker with a, well, it worked uh, out for all right tattoo. <laughs> NFL True. legend True. Arroyo just uh, an absolute legend there I still but still my favorite my favorite draft pick of all time is still Sebastian Janikowski like it's, it's like, that's your favorite it's the funniest draft pick I've ever seen in my life <laughs> You like to draft Sebastian Janikowski in the first round of a national football league draft very Raiders-y but also you know what's not my favorite draft pick uh, Brian, hmm. passing on C.D. Lamb to take another corner in A.J. Terrell. That's not my favorite pick. <laughs> oh, I because forgot you, you know what's that. fucking stupid is oh, no. not just saying, you know what? We're going to do 11 personnel for an entire season, and we're going to see what NFL defenses do with Lamb, Ridley, and Julio Jones. We're going to see. Mm. Do you know what you're going to be able to do with that? Nothing. Nothing. How do you, Dirk Cotter's how offense. Do you like, how do you defend happen? that? I don't. I don't understand. And, and Terrell, like, oh man, it's a reach. It's like, oh, that SEC speak, great. You know what? How, do you know how many corners are good in year one? Very few. Receivers are like, if you're a good receiver, you're gonna be all right. And you know what's gonna help is having Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones drop a lot of attention. What do you even do? You already had Hayden Hurst in this roster too. Like you put it, you split him out wide. What are we doing? Hey, the, the dumbest only way thing. that could have been the only the only way that could have been worse is if they selected Damon Arnett instead of Jake Terrell. No, that would be just later. honestly. You know what? Three. I would have preferred that because that would have been like, oh, Thomas Dimitrov was like, I love this dude. He's an Ohio State guy. Like yeah. he's gonna be our Dion. Like this guy's got like some stuff that even CD Lamb can't do. But AJ Terrell got roasted in that game, and AJ Terrell is just another corner. CD Lamb is going to be an All Pro. CD Lamb is going to be someone who makes CD Lamb is is my favorite receiver in the draft. He's yeah, like insanely good. There's just no way you can sell me on. There being a situation where an 11 personnel grouping of Julio Jones, CeeDee Lamb, and Calvin Ridley is defendable. You're not going to sell me on it. 
and like, and are you telling me that, that they aren't sitting there at 16 with CD Lamb still on the board and nobody nobody tried to reach out to trade up? Exactly, uh, just trade back. Miami or Dallas. Like, there had to there had to have been some offer to move down. The Falcons have been so obsessed with building their defense out where I'm like, no, I am very adamantly opposed to building the defense out because I'm a believer in that, like, look, at a certain point you're like, well, you know, I would rather just have the number one offense in football and, like, the number 20 defense. Like, just say screw it. We're going to see what the number one offense gets us. Because guess what? The Chiefs defense, like, what was their defensive DVOA last year? What did they end up? What did the Chiefs end up defensive DVOA? I think they were pretty solid i think they had like one of their better i think they were like I'm about maybe to pull it up. top 13 or 14 14th Ooh, nailed it 14th but guess what that, that's that fine you can do that without drafting a corner in the first round they did that with like they had a lot of holes on defense it wasn't like the the chief's defense was great spagnola did not put together this just great defense over bob sutton the packers 15th Packers and the NFC's title game. Like, you don't need to build out your defense like that. I don't care. I would rather you just have the number one offense and see what happens. The Pats had the number one defense. Didn't matter. Didn't nope. matter. The Bears. The, the Bears the year before. It doesn't matter. Doesn't like, matter. If Mitch Trubisky is your quarterback, it, it doesn't matter that Khalil Mack is on your roster. It just doesn't. Right. And, the, and, and even if you do have the best defense in, in the league next year, it's not going to be the best defense. Do you it's know what remember, do you know remember Kyle Shanahan putting together an MVP season for Matt Ryan? That's what you're going to remember because that's the reason the Falcons were in the Super Bowl that year was because of what he did with that offense and Calvin and uh, Alvin Mack and uh, just I, I don't want to talk about it anymore, Brian. I'm so upset that. Every time I think about Kyle Shanahan now, it makes me think about Debo Samuel, and it makes me think about that Nikhil Harry's on the Patriots and mm. not Debo Samuel or A.J. Brown. So, Well, you should feel that anyway. Like I wrote that down when they took him. I'm like, they got to stop this. Like, what? I want to talk to Bill Kyle. <laughs> where I'm just like, what are you doing? Like, like, we all know on this the is not going to work out. We all know that Come um, on. you're not going to develop him. We all know that this is not going to work. Like, the Muhammad Sanu trade was fine. I love Sanu. Sanu was a yak guy. Like, I'm sad that he wasn't good for you guys last year. Like, Sanu is someone that I loved, and he was he was great. Like, he was super consistent. He's super reliable. I don't know what happened there in New England, but I'm a man. You're asking him. You're asking him to be like a. a, They already like everything he does effectively is out of the slot, and there is no Julio Jones here. You know, there's No. no Austin Hooper anymore. There's no. Um, any of these targets like, like he was he needed to be the guy because they were just running cover seven cone with doubling julian and it was man coverage across the board and they just it, you were toast they were toast there was nothing they could do and one, once he had that high ankle sprain he was he was pretty much useless the rest of the uh the rest of the way plus learning their system is a complete nightmare from yeah. i mean it got shadow shape fired in miami after one year because they were like, man, you, this, this terminology is absurd. Why don't you just simplify it a little bit? And he was obstinate apparently. And he got fired and now he's in Cleveland, but we'll see how is he goes. in Cleveland. But, I, mean, I believe so. I believe he went to Cleveland. He's like a offensive Wait, you know, not coordinator, but giants. Was that coach O'Shea? Wasn't that Ohio? Yeah. yeah Danny O'Shea. Danny O'Shea. Right. So the O'Shea boy comes home. Yeah. Okay. Right. Um, D- Debo Samuel available four picks after Nikhil Harry. Oh my god! It doesn't matter. Don't go on this road, Brian. Because guess what? I, I am doing it. I'm doing it. AJ Brown. 
Nicole Hardman, J.J. Arcega Whiteside jury still out on him. Why are you doing this? None of, that, none of that matters. Like, you would not have DK Metcalf. It wouldn't have happened. Deontay Johnson. No, stop uh, it. You had Antonio Brown. Like, those are the kind of guys that you can develop. <laughs> like, the ones that are already developed and you just plug them in. You need veterans. And, you, and, and you have a quarterback at the end of his window, and you just need to maximize it. And you have the defense to win. And it, it's just, yeah. But no, yeah, apparently, no receivers. Uh, if you look at my timeline the last two months, everybody will tell you Sony Michelle oh, God. will turn things around, and that's how they're going to win this year. And I want to throw up. I, I just want to throw up. You know. Why are you uh, betting on a running back? Are you that's signing Devontae Freeman? Is he getting, the, is he getting the Corey Dillon treatment? Like, what is happening here? Uh, I have to. I have to consistently explain you know, rudimentary things like passing is better than running all the time. James White like, single-handedly roasted the Chargers in that playoff game. I'll never forgive you guys for what you did to Philip Rivers that year. I will not. <laughs> it ruined my life because I, I remember where I was watching that game. I was very high <laughs> on that Chargers team, and I'm always a Chargers optimist. And just, They took their soul. Yeah, no, because you threw to two people. That was it. Like, if you look at the targets... Oh, Keenan Allen roasted Stephon Gilmore in that that, that deep uh, double move for a touchdown. I was like, ooh, we have a, we have a ball game here. No. And no. then, bam, bam, yeah. bam. It was Tony Michelle actually White, had his best game targets. as a Patriot in that game. James White had 19 targets in that game. <laughs> he was, he's a beautiful human being. Yeah, that was a terrible awesome. game. It was stupid. And then, and then against the Chargers or against the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game, they get up three Michelle scores. Michelle had like and then, ninety-three carries. Right. They they go. He he gets three three and a half. I think it was like three point four yards a carry. It lets the Chiefs right back into the game. They go immediately go conservative, and then boom, Patrick Mahomes is right back in it. And then what happens? Patriots have to throw it to to to, to win that football game. But all Patriots fans, not all of them, but a lot of them, or at least the ones that my damn mentions. Oh, well, who scored all these touchdowns? Well, congratulations. Who, who converted three straight third and tens in overtime to bring you down to the five-yard line, including a nasty over-the-shoulder fade over Eric Berry to Rob Gronkowski? Like, like the, the seminal moments of Gronk's career were in that game and then the Super Bowl. Those two plays that won them a Super Bowl were deep seam passes or sideline passes to Rob Gronkowski. But that's how you win football games. When you have those matchups and you win them, Where's and Gronk because year? Sony Michelle, you know, twenty twenty is something else, man. I tell you, he'll probably he he probably won't play that much. I there's just too much that needs to go right there. It, it's just too right. That's a place where it's just too good to be true. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are the twenty twenty too good to be true team. I'm very excited for Tom Brady, like. Will you be sad how if he's good bad? OJ like, is. Will, will you be sad if he's objectively bad this year? Yeah, probably. I will. Because I I'm like, be I'm definitely like, I'm gonna be furiously I'm sad. sad. Like, I'm just gonna be really bummed out because I don't want to see Tom just starting out one and five in Tampa. Like, that's gonna really bum me out. Oh, that would stink. But I would love, like, for like a, from a narrative perspective, and I love Grunt to death. Obviously, goes without saying. But for like. For Tom to be forcing it to Gronk and like forcing it to, uh, to 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 Godwin as he tries to work up this chemistry and that's starting to develop a little bit, but it's just not working with Gronk and he's and he's and he's got it going with Evans finally, but just can't get it going with Gronk and then he turns to OJ Howard and OJ Howard's like I got this, bro, and then boom, OJ Howard is a as a perennial 
first team all pro the rest of his career and he just launches oj howard's career into the sun like that's that's what i would love to see i don't know oj howard's awesome. team in six months <laughs> okay so the opposite of what i just said yeah like maybe cameron Brate instead man oj howard is so good he He's is so but good. i don't think they like him for some reason they don't like oj well bruce arians doesn't like non-receivers yeah like, I just don't see how it all like, works with Gronk, Howard, and I respect Brady. it. They're not keeping all three. They're going to move one of them. Well, they, they, they wouldn't. They didn't trade O.J. Howard. They know, tried, though, right? Or, or they, they, well, I'm not so sure how well, much it was them trying to deal him or if it was or people approaching them. They like him. Hmm. I'm sure, that, I'm sure if they're him. trying to trade any of them, they're trying to trade Bray. I would love O.J. Howard in New England. That's we we've been talking about it for years. Of course, we, we were talking. He was the guy I wanted him to go after. If we want to go into the Patriots draft history a little bit, imagine uh, if they like signed Antonio Brown and then like retained Brady and also trade for OJ Howard. Can you imagine? It's the same result if they don't or they do trade for OJ Howard. The Super Bowl. That's the dumbest part about all of this is that like the Patriots go like two and fourteen this year, but it's like. We're sitting here talking. We're like, if they just kept Antonio Brown and they trade for like OJ Howard, they're our obvious pick to win the AFC this year. Like, it's just what? What do we? The Patriots are so weird. Like, I, I don't know what to think. I do not know what to think about the New England Patriots this year. Like, do you think Tom or Belichick will be honest about the other person at any point, or do you think it's going to take like 10, 20 years before they're actually honest about what their relationship is actually like? I think I think Bill Belichick is going to take every damn thing to his grave. Like mm. that's just the man. That's like he, he's a Navy man. Like he, that's just how he. That's just how he is. And he's going to go on his boat and leave me alone once he retires in like eight years, eight or nine years. Um, we'll never hear from him again. It'll be just and like. In like 30 years, it'll be like, oh, the, the passing of Bill Belichick, you know, all-time great. We never heard from him after he retired. Like, we'll never know. We'll never know any of these things. That's how it'll be. Can I tell you what I think is going to happen? Please. I think McDaniels is going to tell some some crazy shit. McDaniels would. I think McDaniels for sure. Like, I, like when he's out I of would coaching, bet a lot of did. money on McDaniels telling everything about both of them. And it being completely true. That would be my guess. Once he's gone from New England, I think McDaniels is going to be the one who tells all. That would be phenomenal. Oh, that would be really great. Because he's got but the nerve. Like, ah, McDaniels has been around for long enough where you're like, McDaniels could probably tell you everything you want to know about both of them. Right? Oh, man. He knows where the bodies are. Exactly. Oh, yeah. And he's not the next coach, right? The people just pencil him in like, well, he he tur- he he went back on the Colts and blah, blah, blah. He's going to take the Patriots job. I'm like, I don't think so. Well, this probably all stems from, like in like five years, Gronk is out, you know, out of football. And like, yeah, like Gronk just he gives one bad interview where he gives up way, way too much. And next thing you know, like a can of sorry, you know, can of beans is opened and there's investigations and the stuff and uh, and and and. You know, new head co- Patriots head coach Josh McDaniels has to like maybe they invest, maybe he's investigated and they try to get out in front of it with like a PR thing, and he does an interview with ESPN reporter Mike Reese, the best, the get the best guy on the beat, 
And Mike Reese asks a couple of tough questions and he just breaks him down and he, and boom, all of it. Maybe that's how it happens. Mm. Or maybe there's just nothing to talk about. Maybe, maybe there's nothing. Maybe there's nothing. Like what if there's just nothing? It's probably, you know, it's like the Occam's razor thing, right? The simplest, uh, it's like the simplest thing that could happen. I think this is what you want, not what is reality. I think this sounds like something. I desperately, desperately, I can't tell you how bad I want that to happen. Yeah, but it, it, it won't because the longer that happens, the longer the conspiracy stuff is. You know, like you know, as far as we're we're talking, if we're talking like legacy, Hmm. you know, the legacy will always be there, which is unfortunate. But hey, comes with the territory. Best quarterback of all time in politics, best coach. Like I think the legacy stuff's done. Should be. But, you know, like we're in that t- time of the off season where like it's it's time to throw the takes out there and let's just but those people look, are fucking, you know, insane. just having like I'll just go ahead and tell you, Brian, like I will go ahead and um, I'll go to bat for the Pats fans like as a Falcons fan, like oh, uh, man. I will I will go ahead and do this like, no, it, it's over like <laughs> Brady's the right. best of all time and uh, Bella took the best coach of all time. It's it's over like we can we can that doesn't mean this will always be the case. But in the year of 2020, that is the case. Like it's it's over. And Patriots fans, Patriots fans are like super. That's the that's the annoying thing is like we get super annoyed about anybody talking about anybody potentially. You know, like the nobody in New England likes Pat Mahomes. What? Like how could you not like Pat Mahomes? But because he's a threat. He's a threat to the eventual. Well, I'll tell you, I was very quarterback about Pat Mahomes last year because I um. I was very confident in my man, Kyle Shanahan. Like, I'm a big Kyle Shanahan diehard. I thought the Falcons should have fired Dan Quinn and promoted Kyle to keep him from going to San Francisco. I thought Kyle was far more valuable than Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn sucks at his job, and Dan Quinn's not a good head coach. He does not matter. Dan Quinn does not matter. (laughs) And uh, Kyle Shanahan does, and that's why he just got a six-year extension. Um, It was a short-sighted just way of looking at things and it was arthur blank misread the room where offense dictates all and he chose the defensive mind and he lost his mind so he has to live with those sins um i i don't know man like when i watch that game and like watching garoppolo take those hits and garoppolo not challenging stuff downfield and them not going to george kittle enough and just I the after the first half it was kind of it reminded me a lot of the Falcons game the Falcons Pats game where after they were up and I was like it's over like that was one of those where I'm like Kyle's yep. got it and yeah uh, Kyle and I are on a first name relationship like that so shout out to Chris Sims <laughs> yeah we'll we'll get our magic but like, too um but like like he absolutely deserves the heat for that loss does he? I don't think he deserves I I don't think he deserves any of the heat for the twenty eight to three to be honest with you like. The defense. I like them. They got tired. Um, Matt Ryan had some bad throws. He took some bad sacks. Um, honestly, were, yeah. Literally, only one thing has to happen differently on that last drive. Where one. Matt Ryan takes oh, a bad God. sack. One. One of those things right. has to happen. Deontay Freeman. Deontay Freeman makes one block. You know, uh, Chris Chris Long doesn't draw a flag on yes. the Julio catch. It's, it's over. Like the craziest it's throw over. Right. Like it it's took done. every little thing going wrong like i the julian edelman catch yes the two-point conversions two you know all right that's enough it's okay (laughs) 
I can go. I can go on. If you, okay, we're good. All right, we're good. Chase, hello, hello. Why did I have um, this podcast tonight? <laughs> but like, you could see the writing on the wall when they started getting conservative, and it's like we. It's it's, it's Chiefs, so frustrating talking about the Patriots, the Chiefs. Okay, the, the, I'm, I'm, I've moved on for you. Thank you. Like the the writing is on the wall now. Like just trust math a little bit more, you guys. It's right there. All you have to like just hire a guy, like all the teams are doing now, and just sit him upstairs, and he'll tell you when to go for it on fourth down, and he'll tell you when you're being too conservative, and he'll tell you what the win percentages are to do this and this, like. You have a, there are a million guys out there now from Stanford and Harvard, like all the Ivy leagues have these sports analytics departments. Just get a couple of those guys, listen to a couple of their ideas, and implement just a little bit of it. You don't have to go full on, but you have to start using it for stuff like game game management decisions. And they had Lafleur on their roster. They had Lafleur. They could have just promoted him. <laughs> Eleven personnel. That's all I want. I want eleven personnel with Ryan Lamb, Ridley, and H- Jones. That's all. I, that's all I want. That's it. That wins the Super Bowl. That wins the NFC. That's all I want. <laughs> I want to, to see what defense is able to do stuff with Lamb, Jones, and Ridley out wide. That's all I want. And then Hurst. He's just sitting there in the slot as a tight end, most athletic tight end in right, football. And, and, and that's like another, that's another thing for me where everybody likes, we love getting into these like discussions and now like the big, the big discussion now is, Oh, how, Oh, look how great 12 personnel is. No, oh, I love sucks. 12 personnel. 12 personnel is no, don't we love what the Eagles are doing with 12 personnel and look what Shanahan is doing with 12 personnel. It's like, no, you need a good tight end and you need, it doesn't work if you don't really George good Kittle. Three, <laughs> right. And three, exactly. Like you have George Kittle. Like you don't need, all you need is George Kittle. Like, you know, when you're that good and that impactful uh, you, and you can be that multifaceted because of one guy being on the field like Rob Frankowski was, then you're good. But, like, no, don't put Most stop putting don't big guys that. out there that can't catch. The Rams, right. the year they played you guys in the Super Bowl, they ran, what was it, 99% of their offensive plays in the 11 personnel with Woods, Cup, and um, Cooks? Yeah. They yep. also won the Super Bowl like that. That's how it should be. I like, saw it. Guess what is better than Cooks, Woods, and uh, Cup? You know what's better? You know what's better? Julio Ridley and Lamb. Yes! I'm catching on. We're overthinking how about, this. Uh, how like, about football Edelman is overthought, and- where I'm just like, blank, just call me. I can end this suffering. Like, it's <laughs> over. We can end this. You want to How make about dirt cutter Edelman, Sanu, Harry? Say it again? Edelman, Sanu, Harry. That no. really just gets you going, doesn't it? No. No. Or, or uh, Edelman, no. Myers, Dorsett. No. Last year. No. Where is Dorsett? Is he out of the league now or is he still? Philly. Or okay. no, not Philly. Uh, Seattle. Mm, so he's out of Signed a veteran minimum. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. He, he, uh, he's active in the running game. So like, or, uh, he, 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 he's a tryhard guy. Seattle literally is ground and pound. They got their Rashad Penny and Chris Carson. Like that, uh, it's a career ender. Like, yeah, that's and they that's have Ty- they have Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf and the best, yeah, probably, it's arguably the best quarterback in football, second best quarterback probably. But 
I love Russell Wilson, but uh, and and yeah, you got to hey, get to maintain that that run pass balance, man. God, it's just dumb. <laughs> It's got to be 50-50. If it's not 50-50, then no, then we just, oh, the defense will know what's coming. You know, it's, <laughs> I don't give a shit. I'm about to curse. Like, really, like, I'm, I'm mad now. Like, I don't give a shit if the defense knows that I'm going to throw the football if I have 11 personnel of C.D. Lamb, Leo Jones, and Calvin Ridley. Like, you're not going to sell me on the NFL having a defense that can do anything with that on 90 plus percent of their plays. Like you're just not right. Good luck. Good luck. Right. So, and, and, and Andy Reed and, uh, and, and, and Eric, the enemy, I think they, I think they were past first, uh, on first down. I'm pulling the stat. Out of they target. Uh, it was somewhere. Travis they led Kelsey the lead and it was like 65 kill 30 plus times a game. If you look at targets per game, just what they do, it's only Tyree kill and Travis Kelsey. That's all they do. They just throw it to them as many times That's as they possibly can. Tyreek Hill is the best offensive non-quarterback player in the league. Yes. He's the best offensive weapon in the league. It, and I consider he's him wide receiver, receiver one. I know I'm talking to a Julio guy. He's, he's the best wide receiver in the league because there's nobody that you have a right. game plan right. for like him. It, it, it's, it, I would it trade blows Julio Tyreek today. I would. He's, no question. He's wild, man. And I love he's Julio. so wild. Uh, Julio's my number two. I have, you know... Julio two and I've got Julio's two for probably you. probably Nuck three. Wait, I have a question. Um, if, if Antonio Brown's in the league, do you trade Julio for Antonio Brown straight up for one year? I was always on record of being a, a AB guy over Julio. Same, and I love I love Julio. I love Julio, but like I would still just trust Antonio Brown in a big spot over Julio. I would. Well, that and I, I want him returning all my punts. I want him yeah. returning my kicks whenever there are one, and whenever there is one. I want him. I want him on all my wide receiver sweeps, on all my jet motion. I want him it's constantly putting the defense right. I, I, I want him constantly making the defense uncomfortable. Yes. And yeah. you know, it, you look at what they do with Tyreek Hill with those crazy orbit motions in the backfield and. The entire time you watch the defense and the linebackers are trying to get their check calls because they've got to they've got to maintain where the strength of the formation is now and how many guys are where and what position he's going to be in. So if it's if they're playing man matched and they've got to make the right check calls, but when he's zooming around and going back and forth in the backfield, everyone's like, "What the hell's going on?" And next thing you know, he's in the end zone. I have a question so, for you. Yes, Julian Edelman and Julio Jones. Just the the one two of our generation, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> don't make me don't make me don't make me talk bad about Julian Edelman because you you know I have the takes and I've already gone I've already t- taken out Bill I've already given us uh, the number twelve pick in next year's draft and uh, basically torn everything down and there's fire and embers around me. Who had more receptions last year? Julio or Jones? Did Julian have more? He had exactly one more reception. Uh, who who led targets? the league in drops last year? Who led the league in drops? Yes. Hmm. That's a good question. Julian Edelman. Did he? Yes, he did. I believe he was uh, one 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 above Michael Gallup. I believe. 
Yeah, he led the league in drops. It was a really bad year. He had that drop on the, uh, so on the third down conversion like against Tennessee. 2.0 to like an unreal extent where it's just because like I I just but he's fast. Terrence Williams was fast. Yeah. Everybody looks fast when you're watching on thir- you know Thanksgiving Thursday night. Terrence Williams has been good for the Cowboys for two nights a year for the last 17 years. He's, I think um, Stephen A. Smith is still consistently putting him in the starting lineup. Even yes. though he's, he's but like, you know, people roast him for that, and I'm like, I don't blame him for like just assuming that Terrence right. Williams is still on this team. Like, right. Terrence Williams is like one of those where like I don't actually get mad about a guy not knowing somebody like basketball it's worse because there's only five and it's really not that hard to know a team rotation and stuff like that but like football if you are assuming that the dallas cowboys have terrence williams in their 11 personnel and that it's des terrence and somebody else like i i, I get it that's fine right like that's, that's completely acceptable you're like there Alan are a lot Hearns? of guys like is that he still here? The where's alan hearns i don't know didn't he like break his leg in like disgusting fashion last year like where's alan hearns um no it's uh it's interesting but you know what i got good news for you Le'Veon bell will probably be a patriot at some point this year oh gross no yeah you're gonna get please Le'Veon please bell. no no we got damian harris man third what round pick got, last year another, bell another high pick on a running back antonio brown Really, our Steelers like, fans lose their lose their lunch. We there would be a hole torn in the universe. Hmm. Patriots fan Patriots fans would not be happy. Could you trade for Dalvin Cook? I would if the contract stuff continues going south in Minnesota. I don't want to employ any running backs. <laughs> I don't think they do either. But I just want the uh, the Pats to just not go into the year with their wide receiver and tight end situation because it's just god awful and i want Stidham to succeed so i don't think he can with this group i think this group sucks it really sucks yeah it's not good and there were a lot of you need antonio brown i i can't condone it he's a he's a bad dude he's He's always been a bad dude he's been a bad dude forever he's a bad dude in miami last year when you were like oh we're targeting him a bunch he's not any worse than he was that we didn't know uh, we didn't quite know oh you didn't know are you kidding me until literally until like like three days later literally three days later like oh he's threatening he's threatening women uh via group this is not good mr boston just what just overlooking all kinds of stuff Hey, I, I I was pretty. I, for me, I was oh, pretty lax on AB. You know, oh come on, it was he had a foot thing going on in Oakland. Come mm. on, guys, are you know, you know, he forced his break. way out. He was a like. Look at the way he got out of Oakland to New England. Are you kidding? Oh yeah, it was completely absurd. Are you and kidding? Then of course, but of course, this what happens is we 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 go. Oh, but if there's any place in the world that can make it work. It's New England. And it, they and weren't wrong. Like, like, he was great in that there. game. The Pats yep. go to the Super Bowl last year over the Chiefs if Antonio Brown stays with the... Like, Tom Brady and Antonio Brown are still in New England if that's the case. Yeah, it's true. But, I'm, I mean, ultimately, I'm glad they did the right thing you know, with all the, all the shit that came out. But um, Wait, what was the right yeah. thing? Like getting rid of him immediately. Oh, I thought you meant like Brady moving on from that too. I was like, oh god. Oh no. Oh oh oh. Okay. Yeah. Plus, I mean, the guys. You know, you you 
if he wasn't such a, a dick, you'd worry about, I, I'd worry about the guy's mental health a lot more, you know, um, he doesn't seem like a stable guy, but you also don't know exactly what the deal is when all you see is like Instagram videos and stuff like that. So None of it's good. But like, it's all, it's all terrible. It's not like, good. I don't, I, I don't know, man. Like all that stuff is just terrible and I have no idea, but I also, I gotta be careful here. Um, I don't know. Like it just, he's so talented. Like that's what's, uh, that's what sucks is I loved watching him in Pittsburgh. I loved watching him work. Like that dude is just ridiculous. Like he is an athletic freak and him just yeah. throwing it all away is, man, really you know, the sad. good news is though, the good news is the NFL's never had more guys to root for. There's never been such an immense amount of talent like we have now. So it's right. You know, he was still arguing this, the best this was, receiver this, football who just walked away in his prime, essentially. Like he just threw it all away. True. True, but hey, I mean that's—it's just sad. You know, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's just—it is sad. It is sad. A, a portion of it's sad, but it's not sad for him. It's sad for you know the people that he like the people the way he treats them, oh, and the women that he treats. Absolutely. You know, it's like that's that's really that's really terrible. For and sure. What's sad? What's sad about it is how we you know it's so easy for us to to just go about our day with not knowing really anything about these people that we root on and we love so much because we only see such a small amount of them. Absolutely. But, um, but if we look back, yeah. we just look at that time and we're like, Oh, let's say Antonio Brown just stays in new England for two. Like just what NFL history looks like. Like it's just everything. Or crazy. like, or how about if, if, if him and Le'Veon Bell are healthy at the same time? Yeah. Or him, Le'Veon and ben, if those they three are healthy at the same year. time. Yeah. Right, like, what are we, what are we talking, like, if they, that's because yeah, every yeah, single that's one year, one of them was hurt. Go, by the way, is Pittsburgh, if I'm Cam. 110%. I think Pittsburgh is going to be raunchy this year. I think they're going to be really good. And, and if Ben gets hurt, the only thing that, title shot. Yeah. Like, he's sitting right there. Yeah. It, all you need, all you need is for Ben to get hurt, and you can win the Super Bowl. If you sign Cam Newton. Exactly. And I think Cam needs to look at that where he's like, <laughs> he needs to like Philly was my first pick before they drafted Jalen Hurts in the second round. I was like, that's where I hoped Cam went was because I think Cam actually like Carson Wentz is going to get hurt. Like that's just part of who he is. He's like made a glass. Like at this point we should assume that he gets hurt every year and Philly is just a great organization. And I think he would have been really good there. Um, Pittsburgh would have been, the right spot and i mean it still could be because they were rumored to be interested in Jameis, and Jameis signed with uh new orleans but um yeah i hope cam lane's in the right spot but i think pittsburgh would be really really cool and really interesting we'll have to see how everything works out with their cat situation they are notoriously always tight up against the cap yeah um but they find a way to make it work also and, don't I mean, tell when you have that uh you're going to Make it work, and you're excited to coach Cam Newton, and then uh, make it seem like he wants out uh, less than two months later on Twitter. Yeah, like yeah, that was hey, shitty. Man, Dave Tepper, Tepper isn't messing around down there. He's he's getting he's doing things the way he wants to. Do. I can I can respect a certain amount of that. It's still early in his ownership tenure. And hey, he gets credit for taking down, like finding a loophole to get the Jerry Richardson statue out of there. So that's cool. Does but, he? Um, does he really deserve a? Uh, d- does he deserve a pat on the back for that? If he gets the hey, 
someone had to do it, and, and uh, you know, it you know who deserves it. A lot longer, apparently, with like a like contractual stuff. Field that uh, Richardson fell asleep during that meeting. <laughs> no, no, that's who deserves the 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 credit for revealing that amazing story about Dominique Fox. Dominique's the man. Yeah, he's great. I love Dominique Fox. He's, he's probably he's he's one of my favorite guys going right now. You know, it's the the insight that he gives into everything is is like you couldn't you can't get better insight. You know, like this guy is like one of the most intelligent, uh, you know, plugged in dudes and like gives you from every level from the players union to the, uh, to down to the player love, you know, being Put an actual player. And like, you know, you know, he's, man, who, who is it going to be? I don't know. I mean, can I tell you who I would do like in this situation? Like what I would probably pick like, uh, like a realistic selection or, uh, I think it's realistic. Like, also, like, just like fantasy, like I would like, go Lou, Lou Redding needs a shot, man. Beth Moans, I think, is the net. Like, she's been on this podcast. I will go ahead and tell that. Like, Beth Moans is one of my favorites. I think it's an easy pick. She's great. She's built for this. I would go Beth I think Moans. she's good, too. Um, I would go Brian Billick as my coach. Brian Billick is, like, one of the most naturally likable human beings on planet Earth. I love listening to him talk about football and coaching and talking about Ray and just that time. Like, he's got... He was one of the most underrated coaches of the last 30 years, I think. Um, when you look back at those Baltimore Ravens teams and just what he did for that group, I think Billick would be really interesting. And when I listen to him talk, I like Billick. And then I would add Lewis. I like Rick. it. I would do a three-man booth. Yeah, Lewis, Lewis great, man. Group. Yeah, I love that front office look at things, you know. Um, now, if I'm going if, – if, if I'm putting my team together, I at least know who I want my announcer to be. And I want it to be Kevin Harlan. Mm, you're not getting Kevin Harlan, Harlan is give him give him the bag, give him everything. He Kevin Harlan TNT needs deal. a chance to be a number one. Basketball for this? He's not giving up basketball. Dude, he needs a chance. He needs a chance to be a number one in football. That's what he needs. That's he, not number he, one. He number one is Sunday Night Football. Like you'd have to give up. Like he would do it for maybe Al Michaels' job. Look at look at network number one. Like if, if you're a network number one for an NFL broadcast for Monday Night Football, that is like the primo. No, that's like that's like a that's like a top five job. Yeah, he already has a top five job in the NBA. He's the number two NBA guy. Well, then they'd have to give him number one NBA guy money to no, stick around because I'm giving him the bag. Al Michael's job. You'd have to give him Al Michael. <laughs> I'm giving him insane money. Kevin Harlan's awesome. I love Kevin Harlan. As as good as he is, he's underrated still. Would he be better than Buck or Michaels? I don't think so. I think he's better than both of them. Really? I'm I'm probably, I'm probably, and and I'm a Buck fanatic. Oh my God. I'm a Buck Buck fanatic. What a take. At the end of this podcast, you unleash the Kevin Harlan over Joe Buck and Al Michaels. Yeah. Man, give me Kevin Harlan. Like nothing pumps me up more Holy than a Kevin shit. Harlan touchdown call. The guy is just, the guy is crisp and clear and exciting. And that is not to say that Joe Buck isn't, because I think he is more exciting than people think he is. And Joe Buck is is phenomenal. He's my number two, in fact, behind Kevin Harlan. Kevin Harlan. Kevin. Kevin where, where's Al Michaels in this? He's probably three. That is probably, probably oh my three. God. Yeah. Al Michaels, the behind, godfather uh, of football calls. You have him as your number behind, three. Behind, and you know, 
I think Ian Eagle has gotten a tough rap <laughs> because he's been he's been just carrying around the body of Dan Ian Eagle. Years. He's had to deal with Dan Fouts. Where's Jim Nance coming in in this? Like, just keep naming people outside of Val Michaels. Like, what are you doing? Michaels is three. Then then Iron Eagle, then Jim Nance. Mm. Mike Tirico, I'm sorry, then Jim Nance. Mike Tirico's not even calling games right now. I'm still putting Tirico over Iron Eagle. As a future pick? Like, he doesn't get the job until Michaels retires. Well, well, you, you never know if somebody's out sick... You never know when you're just going to turn on a sports broadcast, any sport, pick a sport, and all of a sudden Mike Tirico's just there. He's not going to be there. He's He's waiting for the job. He might not be up in the booth. He might not be up in the booth, but he'll be out in like the promenade, or he'll be up in the you know he'll be in the studio. Oh, we're talking about. But but Tirico. Uh, (laughs) Bob Costas, but not Bob Costas. I don't know what's happening here. All kinds of wild takes here. Yeah, we've gone off the rails. No, I I was not expecting any of this. But, like, like, let me just go ahead and say on the record, I disagree (laughs) with all of your announcing takes. Just strong disagree. It's probably fair. I I love that you're just the diehard Kevin Harlan fan, though. Now I know for future references that you're like a ride or die for Kevin Harlan. Oh, man. Uh, Yeah, like, I, yeah, that's that's my guy. I like Kevin Harlan. He's a I'm good a- basketball announcer, but like he's just not in the running for like an. A, I don't think he wants it. A, but also B. I don't think he's a number one and B NFL guy. He's never had the opportunity, man. He's never had the damn opportunity. He's a better NBA guy than he is NFL. <laughs> you know what's funny about Kevin Harlan is how much he doesn't look like. Doesn't his he boy. do NBA two K games? I don't know. I, I, think, I think he's so. the voice of NBA 2K. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure he is the. It's not Breen. I'm pretty sure Kevin Harlan is the voice for NBA 2K. Like you can't give up NBA 2K and the voice of that world to be the NFL guy. You can't. When you hear his voice and you Google his picture, you're like, oh my god, he looks that's exactly Kevin like Harlan. What I yeah. What? Are you serious? It's amazing. It's surprising to you. Yeah. It is. I don't understand any of this, Brian. I I feel like he should look. His voice should look more. He should look more like a young Vern Lundquist. What? Yep. Oh That's the take. God. That's the tweet. That's all there is. <laughs> I don't it. know what to do with That's that. <laughs> he should look like a young Vern Lundquist. His voice. The way you hear the timber of his voice. What is happening on this Call, podcast? What in the hell? Calls, <laughs> calls upon an image of a young Vern Lundquist, but but of course Vern Lundquist and Vern the golf and college not what, on Saturday know, afternoons. Like what's going on here? Exactly. That's just how his 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 face pops up in my head, like a young Vern Lundquist, and you're like, that's what that voice should. That voice should come out of a face like that, but it doesn't. It comes from a a regular looking white dude, more regular looking than over Lundquist. Well, this brings us naturally to our la- my last question for you before we have to hop off here. Okay. <laughs> Do the Buffalo Bills win the the a the the AFC East this year? Is this a, is this when it ends? Did the Patriots finally lose the division 
to Josh Allen and friends, who has denied that he will become Captain Checkdown. Josh Allen refusing to to uh, be that be that guy, even if PFF pressures him to it, <laughs> which I love that there is now a PFF <laughs> war against Josh Allen that he is very much aware. I of. love it. I, I love this. Um. Yeah, I think they do. Their, their defense is, is nasty, and uh, Stefan Diggs. That's that's all you, you really have to say. Stephon Diggs. Some would some would say yes. Some would some would uh, would argue that you know. Right, but hey, if, you know, fans. it's tough to win news. the division at six and ten. Patriots fans, I've got good news. Um, the Pats are winning the division. They're not taking. Stidham is going to be a top 10 quarterback statistically this year. That is happening. The Pats are going to be good. Wow. How about that? You like that? Well, let me, can I ask you? Yes. They're going 10 point, and 6. Point blank. That's my guess. How? Well, the offensive line is still going to be really good. I think the defense is not going to be number one in football. I think it'll be top 10. I think this group will still be in the top 10. They invested more. I like Ochuchi. From Michigan, um, off yes, the edge. my guy, best Josh team. Uche. Yeah, I like him. That's um, my guy. That's that's definitely my guy from this draft class. And really, I was really pumped to see them take him. Yeah, and if this defense can be top ten in football on defense, and Sonny Michelle is relatively healthy, this offensive line is still top ten in football. They're just not a lot of teams that fall off that much with a top 10 defense and a top tip top 10 offensive line. Like it's really hard to be bad with both those cases. And well, we're they're, they're pushing the con like the, the context outside of that, with those parameters, they are really pushing it with that's fine. You know, getting rid of your all time best quarterback. And that's fine. Uh, but it's actually, really I think they're hard. better if Sony Michelle isn't healthy, but it's really hard to be bad with the top 10 offensive line and a top 10 defense. It's really hard. If you look through NFL history, it's very hard to be bad when you have those two things. It is. It just is. I, I, I can agree with that. Yes. Um, that is, that, that is the option. From, from, from my stance, my stance on it is, you took a massive step backwards uh, on the offense last year. Some people will blame it all on injuries. That's irresponsible. Um, you added two rookie tight ends. Rookie tight ends do not do well ever uh, in the NFL. Uh, moving on from there, James Devlin's gone. I mean, it's just a fullback. James sure, Devlin's but- gone? Are you making the James Devlin's gone so the Pats can't win the, AL- the AFC East anymore? James Devlin's gone. It's def- hey, it's Delaware zone aspect. It's definitely an aspect. Oh my god! And 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 you Patriots you have a Chase Thomas did not un- have anything to do with <laughs> any of this nonsense. You have an unproven quarterback that we know nothing about, who is throwing to generally the same weapons as they had last year, and well, let's let, let me throw this to you. They were let's say Brady they, they, injures. They, let's let's say this. Brady's on the roster. Brady tears his ACL in mid-August with this exact same roster. Do you think the Patriots win the division still? Brady is still on the roster. Stidham's behind him, but they're working out, doing training camp. Brady falls over. Bernard Pollard's ghost. He pops up from <laughs> from nowhere, and Brady tears his ACL. <laughs> Do you really uh, no, believe um, because, Do you believe this because, I, because I know, 
because one, their schedule appears to be tougher this year. Mm. They, they also have, when you, I mean, when you don't have Tom, you're, you're going to take a massive step back. And I was like already, you know, I would have planned on them taking that step back games. anyway. I mean, you just, you can't have the production from the defense that you had last year. Like, like putting up crazy amount, like scoring point enough points to win football games and their offense just completely getting exposed. Um, I would say no. I would still. I would say like, okay, that brings them from an eleven and five team probably down to a seven and nine, six wow. and ten. Wow. Interesting. That's how. That's how. I mean, it's like going from you're from not a Bill a Belichick. And o, it's a sixteen and O team down to an eleven and five team with Matt Castle, mm. right? So it's like yep. that same type of deal. It's that's that's basically how I see it. Again, I have the ceiling at eight wins, ceiling and then at the eight? floor at like. Yeah, I have a five, a two, like a two win, you know, in each direction, floor and ceiling. And I'm saying what if six and ten. Is, so, um, Josh McDaniels, Jimmy Garoppolo. Then it's eight and eight. Oh, nice God. job. Because they don't have the offensive weapons. I don't think it matters. Julian like, Edelman, your wide receiver one. For the 49ers last year? Did you look at what they were winning games with Raheem Mosert? And that wide receiver group, you talk about Debo, but yeah, okay, but then you still have, you still have Debo Samuel breaking off mat, like huge runs, taking right. you know stretch again, stretching the defense horizontally with fly motion. George Pettis. and you have Emmanuel Sanders, you have George effing Kittle, like th- an unreal offensive line. Pat- they were Sanders uh, is bad. not, not whole traded. offensive line. I'm sorry, not, the, the, the tackles. The Niners' you know, offensive they, they weapons a, were not oh, great last year. That was they have, a lot to work, they have a lot more to work with than than this group. I would say a lot more. I think they had a George. 34-year-old Julian Edelman, who led the league in drops, is your wide receiver one. Mohamed Sanu still, you know, we'll see. We'll see. And then can Nikhil Harry progress? Those are your questions. That's a question. Like a massive James White, question. you have to mention James, James White, because James White's a very yeah. good weapon. And Sonny Michelle. Right, but, but like, I want to mention James White, and Rex Burkhead was probably their best all-around running back last okay. year. He's coming back, but he can't stay healthy. Sonny Michelle isn't good, and they consistently try to give him 20 carries a game. So, you know, if they're going to be conservative, like I think they're going to be, they're going to lose coin flip. They're going to lose coin flip games that they get themselves into. And then they're going to get beaten by better teams, and you know that's if they if now if they want to get more aggressive, and you know air it out a little bit and kind of use analytics to their advantage, then may, maybe I'll adjust my thinking. But man, I don't know, I don't know. It's gonna, I think it's just it's gonna be a frustrating year. I don't think I know for a fact that Bill would never tank. He he would root for Army before he tanks, and. I just don't think that they're that good. I just don't. I mean, I just don't. And, and the, the defense is going to take a step back. It's just, we all know that. So that's, that's where I'm at. But I hope you're right. I mean, yeah. Like, it, it pains me to be right about this. Like, there are a few things I'm right, <laughs> Brian, about. But At least um, just let me have my Kevin Harlan take. No, that's – I will not. Um, <laughs> things I'm right about is that the Falcons should have just taken Lamb. And gone full eleven personnel for the entirety of the season. That's what I would have done. Would have been the right thing to do. I also think the Patriots just um, not drafting to kill Harry and going after Stephon Diggs and keeping Brady happy by acquiring veteran talent would have been the right thing to do. 
and just keeping this marriage happy. That's what I would have done. Um, but you know, I'm not in charge of these teams. I, I am not, uh, the, the guy, I'm not the gatekeeper. So Brian, I do what I can, but, uh, is there anything that we can check out from you this week or anybody else at patsfootball.com or anything you would like to plug before we get out of here tonight? Um, no other than stay safe and just wear a mask in public and don't be an idiot. Uh, we'll have a good thing. on the website. Don't be an idiot. It's a good thing. <laughs> and maybe check out some Kevin Harlan content no, on what, YouTube. What are you doing? Somewhere. What is this? What is, is this Kevin Harlan obsession that you've got going on? <laughs> you got me going now. You're like all in on Kevin Harlan. It's now getting to the point where I'm like, I don't, I don't know what to do with this. You're, you should alert the authorities. Uh, hey, somebody needs to protect Kevin Harlan here. Also, like, you're a golf guy, and you're not... I, I would just... I would have assumed that you would have picked Nance. Like, Nance being the NFL golf guy. Like, I, I would have assumed that you would have gone Nance. No, it's like Nance is, like, oh, the he's establishment. You know, no, I'm kind of a Peyton guy, too, but, like... You, what? Uh, you, know, like you can't be a Peyton of... guy and a Brady guy. That's not how it works. You can't be both. Hey, he's the, he's the second-best quarterback of all time. No, he's man. not. He's, the guy's awesome. Peyton, second-best of all time? Over Montana? Absolutely. Over Marino? Montana, 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 and, and, and of course, the ever uh, Over effective Marino? argument of, of, of Shan Marchino. Oh, my God. You have Peyton Manning as your number two quarterback of all time? I do. I know. I'm problematic, man. I don't know what to do with I this. I know. Pro- problematic. Where's Bledsoe? Is he in your top ten? No, God, no. Absolutely not. Interesting. I, I, I can't do any more tonight, Brian. You've you've set me off <laughs> into a multitude of ways. Brian, Well, the I good news is my, my, my puppy is uh, is awake now. So what kind of puppy do you have? I will have? be uh, a little Westy. Westy, which is got him a, what? Uh, what uh, like a West Highland Terrier, like the, what is the dogs on, like the little, like the Caesar dog food dog. I, I'm not sure. Is this a big dog or a little dog? A little guy. He's like, he's like ten pounds. He's, he'll be, he'll be like twenty pounds. He will be like a, pounds? you know, it's like a little. Yeah, he'll be twenty pounds. I'm eventually. gonna look him up. Westy dog. What is it called? Yeah, like a West Highland Terrier. I'm looking this up right now. What's his name? Are we just like do Westy? Okay, I know what this dog is. Little Westy puppies. Little white dog with the. Oh yeah, Google Westy puppies, and that's what he looks like. This dog looks like the full New England like Cape Cod dog. Did you just look? Did you type in Cape Cod Martha's Vineyard puppy? (laughs) No, these are like uh, they're like this dog named Brian Hoyer. No, you're thinking of like like sheep dogs or no, I'm not. I'm looking at him right now. Oh my god. Did you Google puppies? Yes, I'm looking at him. He's Scottish. I'm looking at these little dogs. They're yeah, they're little little things. They're little like like brick shit houses. They they're like like just they're like all muscle and they're kinda yippy. Muscle? What? Yeah. There's no yeah, muscle. They're muscle. Here. They, they they turn out they turn out to be like muscly. Westy like, dogs? Are you kidding? The West... like, hey. Wait, are we talking about the same dog? The West Highland White Terrier? That's him. Yeah, that's not a muscle dog. What are you talking about, Brian? No, not like a muscle dog, like a macho dog. No. Like literally, like they are thick. No, thick they're boy. not. 
This dog is not thick at all. What? Oh, yeah. What is happening? Yeah, see, look, Kevin they're Harlan, like square. Thick they're like... Westies? What are we talking about right now? Thick, thick Westies, man. This dog is not thick. It is eight pounds and extremely small. They are, they are dense. This and dog they get to be 20 to 23 pounds. I'm looking at it in front of a dog show right now. This dog, soaking wet, is six pounds. That's a malnourished Westie. <laughs> what is his name? Uh, his name is Franklin. Oh, my God. You yeah, can't be Franklin. built when you're named Franklin. That's not how it works. And he, you can't be a built He already Franklin. knows. Hey, he, he's a good boy, okay? And he already knows how Do to you wait. Call him Franklin and he knows or how Frankie? to. Franklin. Are you we, go, we go full name? on. Yep, Franklin. Franklin Gustavo Phillips. Oh, my God. I don't know what to do with this. Franklin yeah, Gustavo Phillips? Gustavo, he was originally, we were thinking maybe the name Gus from Gus Ring from Breaking Bad. Oh, my God. Uh, and we went and we, we moved that back. We went with Franklin and we kept the middle, you know, we threw it there in the middle name for a little flavor. Why are you doing this to me? <laughs> Hey, you asked, man. I, you I, inquired. I, I did not. You're right. This was my fault. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, you I, made the phone call, man. That's true. But like, Frank, I have so many follow-up questions, Brian, but I, I can't do this. I can't. We, this, this, is good, hey, this is going to be a three-hour podcast if I keep following up. It's what, what happens when, hey, this is what happens when you get married. You get in marriage, you know. Is that how this, this works? Is, this is how, gonna... this is how life is. How is life? Because I don't know if I want to get married ever. You turn into a big Kevin Harlan fan. Is that how? <laughs> <laughs> it's, like the, it's like the final boss. But you just it, like you know you're ready to be married when you're like you know who I like who's just kind of underrated is Kevin Harlan. He's really good on Thursday nights. And <laughs> oh, my like, oh my god! Oh my god! You're right. Ready? Kind of is fun. <laughs> Exactly. Brian, what are you doing down there? Nothing? Are you watching Kevin Harlan tape? That's how it is. That's life. I'm making that the cold open. Brian, are you down there re- listening to Kevin Harlan tapes? That's what are you doing open. down there by yourself in the basement? You're like nothing. Nothing? Just some 1998 Indiana Pacers versus Chicago Bulls basketball. From way downtown. <laughs> Yeah, You're serious. Like this is a stuff. real thing for you. <laughs> it is now. Oh, my God. All right, folks. Well, that's Brian Phillips. He loves Kevin Harlan. He has a small-ass a small ass dog that he thinks is big and is, well... He'll eventually get big. No, he won't. His... No, he won't be that big. No, he's not going to be big. He's going to be like one of those dogs you see in, like, movies. <laughs> he's just like one of those Home Alone 7 dogs. Like, that's, that's where he yeah. belongs. Yep, that's him. Uh, I my next dog is gonna be a big dog. Like when I move to Knoxville, um, that would be my dog. Is I'm getting some sort of big dog. I grew up with small dogs my whole life, and I want a husky or a German Shepherd. I haven't decided yet. Yeah, this is our first dog, so we definitely want one. And my wife's hypo like we need to get a hypoallergenic dog. So this kind of checked a lot of boxes. Mm, you should have gone Rottweiler. I think most women and married women love a good Rottweiler. Yes, my wife would have been very comfortable with a Rottweiler. 
This is all right. Married, Brian. What was that? Oh, this isn't why I'm not married. Is that uh, I I suggest uh, Rottweilers as our first uh, first dog. Um, but you know, this is it's all good. Brian, this has been great. I appreciate the time, sir. Um, go to patsbubble.com if you have not already. Go check out all their great work. Um, the pats suck, as we know on this podcast. <laughs> the pats will continue to suck. And uh, that does not mean that Jared Sinem will not continue to suck. But go watch the uh, the Sabin and Belichick documentary where Sabin alphas Belichick in this documentary. It's something that... Love, love the take. Yeah, it's it's a strong take on my end, but uh, it's a take that I believe in. Um, Brian, thank you so much, sir, and we will talk again soon. For sure, man. Thanks for having me. This has been Ingram, radio voice of the Atlanta Braves, and I'm here to tell you that you've reached the end of today's episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast. As a friend of the podcast, I'd like to say thank you for listening to today's episode and hope you return for the next one. To show your support for the program, tell a friend or coworker or even a family member about the program. And if you're an Apple Podcast listener, leave the show a rating and a review. goes a long way. That'll do it for me. But don't forget to listen to myself and the rest of the team at 680 The Fan and the Braves Radio Network this season. Go Braves! Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.